0: This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, episode 222, four ways to make your cash value grow faster. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode. You know, sometimes I just get to thinking about the enormity of some of the things we talk about on this podcast. Some of the unbelievable statements that I get to share and and say to to you wonderful audience and revolutionary listeners. Uh, And one of those fascinating facts about whole life insurance that we discuss on this podcast is that the whole life policy's cash value is contractually guaranteed to equal the death benefit. Okay, so imagine a pile of money called the death benefit And a pile of money called the cash value and the cash value starts out small, but it's guaranteed by contract law to grow at a certain pace and to reach and equal your death benefit at age 121, or whenever you pass away, whichever comes first. Now, that might sound laughable to live in the world where you might make it to 121 years old, but it might occur, you know, with the advances of modern medicine, and with some of the kiddo policies that we're helping set up today. And, you know, I really think about the increase of cash as something that we really just cannot stop. It's like a freight train that we are unable to stop. It grows on such a predictable and even guaranteed basis that uh, it just is going to happen. And there's really nothing we can do to stop it. It's a lot like a tree. If you think about a tree's growth, it just continues to build and grow at a faster and larger amount each and every year. In fact, the amount of wood that's created each year creates a larger tree than the year before. It takes more wood out of nothing, basically out of soil and rain and sunshine to create a bigger part of that tree to encompass the tree that was there last year. And if you cut down a tree, you'll see those rings of growth and you'll notice that the volume of tree becomes larger and greater and larger and greater every single year. That's a, a I think a pretty apropos metaphor for what's happening with whole life insurance cash value each and every year. The uh, amount of cash that increases is a larger amount each and every year. And there's really nothing we can do to stop it. So even though you may not intend to make it to 121 years old, what's nice is that your whole life's policy will, it will, it will, uh, the cash value will climb on that track toward 121 years old on a guaranteed basis. Toward your death benefit at every year along the way. That's mainly what I'm going to be discussing in this episode today, as, as well as four specific ways you can accelerate that phenomenon of guaranteed cash accumulation, plus a bonus way at the end of the episode. So make sure to stick with me all to the end, because I'm going to be sharing, I think, some incredible tactical strategies that you can use to increase that tree's growth in your portfolio. Now, the guaranteed cash value growth is unfettered by prevailing interest rates, uh, any economic downturns, the stock markets collapsing or rising, whatever. It just is working on a consistent, predictable path. And it's it's, some people might even call it boring uh, because it's so predictable. Once you initiate premium payments into a whole life insurance policy, you are guaranteed to own that cash values accumulation, that schedule of growth. And I'm going to show this on an image in the show notes. So swipe up or down or sideways, whichever way you need to get to, to see these images, uh, because it will kind of clarify what I'm describing over podcast airwaves here. Okay. So what we're looking at in the show notes, if you're seeing this here, don't, don't uh, look while driving, of course, but uh, imagine a rectangle on its side. So laying down horizontally, there's a, a diagonal line going from the bottom corner on the left to the top corner on the right of this rectangle. And in this example, it is a picture of whole life insurance growing on a guaranteed basis over time. So when you set up a whole life insurance policy, the ordinary traditional kind of whole life insurance, not the bank on yourself designed we like to talk about on this show, but the ordinary guaranteed whole life insurance that's been steady as she goes for over 200 years, you start off with a death benefit. And let's say that that death benefit starts out at a million dollars your cash value would start out at a very small number, possibly even $0 if this is, of course, old-fashioned whole life insurance. Now, each and every year you live, you're going to watch that diagonal line cash value going from $0 and growing on a guaranteed basis, increasing to equal your death benefit of $1 million over your lifetime to age 121, or sooner if you pass away before age 121. This is true even if no dividends are paid over your entire lifetime this, in other words, will grow on a guaranteed basis every single year, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like a tree in the forest, it just continues to grow. However, there are several ways you can accelerate and increase your cash value, which is very much in your control. So what I'd like to spend some time talking about today is what are the four possible ways to accelerate the guaranteed growth curve of a whole life policy. Once again, on that image, it's a steady, traditional diagonal line, straight line from the left to the right. But what if we could turn that diagonal line into more of a J curve, moving upward and higher than the original $1 million death benefit? Those are some of the ways you can accelerate your cash value. And that's what I'd like to talk about. So let's get into it. The first way to accelerate and get more cash in your policy is to start with the intention to do so. And specifically to start with a limited pay whole life policy. So again, there's a number of ways to fund a policy. Many policies will allow you to pay premium till age 100 or 80 years old, let's say. But there are other types of policies which are paid up at 65 years old or even a 20-pay policy, only paying for 20 years, some even for only 10 years into a whole life policy. And some will even accept a one-time payment into a policy. The actuaries at these insurance companies are actually dialing in the amount of extra premium that would be needed to be paid in a shorter period of time. So we're compressing down the length or duration of the premiums that would be required for this policy. And what that allows the policy to do is flood the policy with tons of cash early on in the policy's lifetime. And this allows that cash value to on a guaranteed basis, again, reach that death benefit at age 121, in spite of premiums not being paid in the later years of the policy. Most mutual life insurance companies we recommend at least offer a contractual 10 pay whole life policy and others that do 20 payments, 30 payments, ones that are paid up at age 65, no matter how many payments you you might put in there and others that go all the way out to age 100. Now, keep in mind, the shorter the premium payment period, the larger your premium must be. And therefore, that's quicker ways in which your guaranteed cash value will grow and approach that death benefit. So back to kind of primary finance 101, the time value of money. The sooner you can put money into a specific financial product or vehicle, the sooner it can begin growing and working for you in your favor. And that's the same design of limited pay whole life policies. We do this quite often for folks in their 50s or 60s who may not have decades to accumulate cash, but they know they've got 10, 20 years to go before they want to kick back on a beach somewhere. So we'll set up a simple early cash value policy with limited payments say over 10 years or 20 years and that allows their cash value to be extremely high in the first few years it cuts the death benefit expenses way down and allows them to have a lot more cash early on in the policy's lifetime now the downside to getting a whole life insurance policy is that when there's a paid up contractual number of years is that there's going to be some lack of flexibility in order to get that life insurance company to pony up their guarantee for this early paid up policy status, you're going to have to follow their more rigid premium structure. Case in point, you know, on a traditional long-term funding on a thousand bucks a month premium, let's say the long-term funding policies where you're funding it for decades, you might have, you know, 60% of your money might be flexibly added to that policy. In other words, you could lower down your premiums from a thousand bucks a month to say 400 bucks a month. But on a more limited payment schedule, it might be more like seven or eight hundred bucks a month, might be required for a limited pay policy, again, out of a thousand bucks a month. So, since more in sooner is better, there are carriers that even offer policies that can contractually be paid up in as little as just five years with no more premiums due. And the cash value starts chugging toward that death benefit on a guaranteed basis. And as mentioned on other episodes, including episode 91, there's even a single premium policy that uh, we recommend and oftentimes can be a great source of liquidity for folks in their later years. Okay, number two way we can accelerate the growth and get more cash value in your whole life policy is to add a paid up additions writer. Now the paid up additions or PUA writer is one of the most crucial elements to have when you're designing a bank on yourself designed policy. And not every insurance company even offers that writer. So let's say, for example, that you're not ready to commit to the structured, accelerated premium design of a limited pay whole life policy, the ones that I just got done talking about. In that case, most mutual insurance companies offer some version of a flexible PUA writer. Now, remember, PUA stands for paid up additions, which actually allows for additional paid up life insurance to be added to your existing whole life policy go back and listen to episode 142, where we get into detail about paid up additions and the power that they have to accelerate how much cash you can have in your policy early on. You can also, again, look at the show notes of this episode where you can find an example of an old fashioned whole life insurance policy and a policy with a blend of base premiums and paid up additions and exactly how much more wealth you have when you add a paid up additions writer. In fact, to not bury the lead, The policy has twice as much cash value in year five when you added a paid up additions writer, even if we're not adding any more premium, even if we're just putting the same in to the old fashioned whole life relative to this new, more modernized form of whole life insurance, you literally have twice the cash value by the fifth year and more still uh, in later years as well, as compared to old fashioned whole life insurance. And a big reason why we really emphasize adding paid up additions when we're building a bank on yourself designed policy. Now, with paid up additions, no underwriting is necessary and no forced ongoing premiums are due. They are a little like optional mini whole life policies that are laid on top stacked on top of your ordinary original policy. In fact, if you can go back to the first image, if you're looking at it in the show notes, that horizontal rectangle Imagine now a sort of a J curve lifting up above that rectangle and lifting off into the stratosphere. Your death benefit grows, and that means your cash value is forced to grow faster as a result of adding that paid-up additions rider over time. Now, many of you might be thinking, well, Mark, that's great, but I don't want additional life insurance. I just want to accelerate the growth of my cash value. Well, if you want to get additional cash value into your whole life policy, The only way to do it is to add premium payments. That's technically the only way you put money into a whole life policy. You know, when you go to a bank and you send money into your bank account, they call that a deposit. When you put money into a 401k, they call that an investment. And when you put money into whole life insurance, they call that a premium. And that's just the word they use for putting money into the policy. Now, what does premium have to buy? Well, you guessed it. Life insurance. It buys insurance. Premiums buy insurance. But guess what? The paid up additions writer is the most efficient type of life insurance that you can buy from a cost standpoint, usually about 90 to 95% of the paid up additions payment goes right into your guaranteed cash value, and only maybe five to 10% of it would go to purchase additional death benefit. And once again, after you've dumped in some money into the paid up additions, there's no premium do on that little block of insurance. It's paid up. The best way I can describe this is it's sort of like when you buy a house. And let's say that you bought a house that was 2000 square feet. And let's say that it was worth 350,000 bucks when you bought that 2000 square foot house. Now, if you ever wanted to add additions onto that house, like say an extra bathroom or, or an extra bedroom, you have the option to do so, right? It's flexible. You don't have to add extra bedrooms and bathrooms, but when you do, it instantly adds more equity to your house. You now have a 2,500 square foot house, not 2,000. Your only requirement is to pay the mortgage on the original 2,000 square foot house. It's not like the mortgage goes up just because you built an extra bathroom or extra bedroom this year. So the point here is the more you can add paid up additions onto your house, the more wealth and equity you have in the house. And the same is true with life insurance. The more you can have paid up additions on your whole life policy, the more wealth is accumulating and earning and uh, you know, accelerating the cash value even faster. Your cash value must now climb to hit that new higher death benefit target. Raising that target of the death benefit from $1 bucks to $1.5 million to $3 million to $5 bucks over your lifetime means your cash value is forced to grow at a higher and more steep earnings rate to meet that objective. At age 121, the cash value must equal the death benefit. So it forces the paid-up additions writer, forces the cash value to grow faster. Remember how I mentioned earlier that more and sooner is better? Well, we just identified a strategy for jamming additional premiums into your whole life policy, where 90 to 95 cents on the dollar goes straight into your cash value. And that cash value must then converge upon your death benefit on a guaranteed basis at a higher number. So you just increase the total death benefit figure that your guaranteed cash value is climbing towards. So how do you like it now? You know, how do you like paid up additional insurance now? It seems like a great deal. However, it is worth noting that you are limited in how much paid-up additions you can buy in any given year. This is both by the insurance company itself and the Internal Revenue Service. So let me get into this for just a moment because these magical paid-up additions, they do have their limits. So all insurance companies have certain limits or ratios that they'll allow for regarding how much in paid-up additions you can stack on top of your underlying base whole life policy. You think about it for a minute and it makes sense it's the least profitable part of the insurance company's business. They're only collecting five or 10 cents on every dollar for mortality charges. And then they're agreeing to grow your other 90 to 95 cents every single year on a guaranteed basis for the rest of your life. So not only that, but they're also giving you even more death benefit with no more premiums due. So unless you cancel your policy, they've got to pay that out. Just case in point here, let's say you're 40 years old and you put in $1 into the paid up additions writer. Well, they put $0.92, let's say, out of that dollar in cash value, and they added to your death benefit, let's say, $7. They've got to take that $0.10 or $0.08 that you didn't receive as cash value, and they've got to grow that to $7 over your lifetime. Now, it might be $5 or $4, depending on your age, but you kind of get the picture there. So not only do they give you almost all of your cash value, they give you all of that additional death benefit right away, and then they've got to get that cash value to grow, from 92 cents this year to 94 to 97 cents to $1.02 and so on over the rest of your lifetime on a guaranteed basis. So that's a tall order for an insurance company to pay and cover over your entire lifetime. So that's why, of course, the insurance company limits how much they're willing to allow you to dump into paid up additions on any given policy. Now, just case in point, you get to decide how much paid up additions you want on your policy before it's issued. I was talking to someone earlier yesterday about this actually. And we were talking about, well, who gets to decide how much paid up additions you add. And really, it's sort of like when you go to the car dealership, and you're choosing what sort of car you'd like to purchase. Do you want a Prius? Or do you want a Hummer? Each vehicle has with it its own gas tank. And that gas tank can hold a certain number of gallons of gas. But once you bring that car home, once it's yours and bought and paid for, you can only fill up the gas tank to the limits by which you decided to buy that car. So a Prius might have a 10-gallon gas tank, whereas a Hummer might have 257 gallons. <laughs> uh, side note, I don't know if that's actually true, but uh, you know it's going to be a lot larger than the Prius, that much, I'm sure. So the point is, you get to decide that up front, but once you've designed it and the insurance company approves it, then for the rest of your life, that policy is limited by the insurance company's own restrictions. And that's, by the way, the reason why we get additional policies. Once you've fully filled up one bucket and God's making it rain, you got to go grab some more buckets, more policies to add additional wealth to your portfolio. Now, I did mention that the insurance company limits you, but also so does the Internal Revenue Service. So as far as the IRS goes, remember that they agree not to tax your cash values growth Since you're alleviating some of the federal government's burden on caring for widows and orphans, that's why they absolutely love and give tax advantages to life insurance. But once you cross their special line in the sand, when that policy becomes too lopsided with cash value with not enough death benefit, the IRS will revoke any of the critical tax benefits that are customarily associated with life insurance. So you don't want to do that we'll be discussing a handy workaround in some upcoming episodes on how to do all of that. So that's the second way to accelerate your cash value is to add a paid up additions writer. And I spent a little extra time on it because it's such an important piece of this to this puzzle. The third way to accelerate and build more cash faster in your whole life policy is to blend the whole life policy with a term insurance writer term insurance. Now, just to be clear, the term rider on its own does nothing to enhance the wealth building inside the whole life policy. It will even add a a little bit of mortality expenses, usually a very nominal amount, uh, typically a couple bucks a month, let's say. And you say, well, wait a minute, I don't need all this insurance, Mark. Remember, I told you, I just want to grow and maximize my cash value. So remember, all insurance companies and the IRS are mandating that you keep a certain amount of death benefit Per dollar of premium that you pay into your policy. So, if we're still considering the philosophy of more in cash value faster, then blending in a term insurance writer is a way to maintain the proper amount of death benefit while still allowing you to stuff additional cash into the policy with an abundance of paid up additions premiums. So, by stacking in a disproportionate amount of paid up additions on top of your base whole life policy early on, you're accelerating the amount of guaranteed cash value you're going to have growing for you. You can also raise that bar. You can lift it up uh, on how much that cash value must grow to because of the paid up additional insurance that it bought. But the paid up additions won't be allowed on your policy without enough death benefit if we're trying to keep this policy on the right side of the tax law. And that's where the term rider comes in. So, the effect of the image that I've included in the show notes uh, shows a picture of that term rider, which is lifting up that death benefit for a very cheap amount and for a temporary period of time so that we can add more paid-up additions on top of the base premium very early on in your policy's contract. Again, more in the policy sooner is oftentimes and almost always better. The effect that I'm showing in this picture shows a more efficient policy. It's almost like the analogy that Jim Conrad once told me is it's sort of like building a sailboat. The base policy is sort of like the base hull of your sailboat. The term rider is almost like an additional rod of wood, like the mast on your sailboat. That's just simply there taking up space on your sailboat. And it doesn't look very pretty either, but it didn't cost much. And the whole point of that mast on that sailboat is not to look pretty, but to hold on to the sail. And what is the sail? The sail is the paid up additions rider that allows all of the efficient movement of that sailboat, especially early on in the policy's lifetime. Now, some people say, well, Mark, why don't I just get rid of that base whole life policy and just take my paid up additions? Well, it'd be sort of like trying to grab your sailboat rip off the sail and go across the ocean. What good will a sail do in the water by itself? It's just a wet blanket. You're gonna end up sinking in that thing. You must have a combination of the base hull, the mast, the term rider, and the paid up additions, the sail, to make this whole contract make great sense and to build the most efficient design possible. The fourth way to accelerate and get more cash in your policy faster is to do something called a 1035 exchange. Now, this is specifically looked at when we're looking at an underperforming policy. And oftentimes, people will come to me, they'll do a financial consultation with me or one of our top associates, and we'll say, all right, may we please see any existing life insurance policies you already have in force, specifically ones that have cash value. Now, if we've done that analysis, and it's clear to them and to the clients we work with and to ourselves that this old policy was designed inappropriately, or worse, it's going to be, um, you know, collapsing in the future then we might do what's called a 1035 exchange. This is part of the tax code that allows for a tax neutral swap from an existing life insurance policy into a brand new one. You know, it's in many ways, it's sort of like a 1031 exchange, if you're familiar with that in the real estate world, or say an IRA rollover. In the eyes of the IRS, you essentially have all of the cash value from your old policy. And now it's just in a brand new policy. You just took your business elsewhere. There was no taxable event In the eyes of the irs so if you remember all those necessary death benefit ratios that you'd need when we set up your policy well those all kind of go away with the 1035 exchange if you've already built let's say quite a bit of freight into your cash value of your old policy the new one can often be streamlined and turbocharged with a lean mean growth machine since you've satisfied the requirements of base premiums death benefits and all that in the old policy so by using a 1035 exchange to fund your new policy, you'll have an even more cash value efficient machine than you'd have in a brand new policy for someone who's just starting from scratch. So people often come to me lamenting saying that they, you know, Mark, I didn't know about index universal life and some of the threats and concerns that we have now with index universal life, or this old fashioned whole life insurance policy, or this variable life insurance policy, we didn't know the risks associated when we bought it. But did we just waste all of our money? And I'll typically look at it and say, no, if if we can at all make it work, we can do a 1035 exchange transferring that, let's say 50,000 bucks was saved in the old policy. You can transfer 50,000 bucks and your new policy starts out with $50,000 of cash value and continues to grow due to the additional whole life premiums you're now paying into a much more efficient policy. The 1035 exchange is a tax-free transfer of cash values from one insurance contract to another. And the exchange also carries the cost basis from the old contract to the new one. So functionally speaking, the 1035 exchange is a great strategy for life insurance or even annuity policy holders, by the way, who can use that same cash to get better features than the old policy might've had. Maybe the policy was designed well, but you want a accelerated death benefit writer to help you with long-term care or chronic illnesses. The new policies might have that. The old ones maybe don't. So before you do this, though, you've got to understand some essential rules before you go deciding to replace an old insurance contract with a 1035 exchange. Don't just jump a ship from the old sailboat to get to a new one. Let's evaluate it first. So that's one of the key things I'll make mention of. Now, once again, in the show notes of this episode, I have an example of someone I recently spoke with, who is in her early 50s, and she had a large cash value from an old policy. It was about 112 thousand bucks that they were just displeased with for a number of factors and reasons that I already mentioned earlier in this episode. Wasn't growing very well, had incorrect ways to build and and, uh, accelerate the cash value. The loans provisions in the old contract were a mess. So we decided through several conversations that they wanted to do a 1035 exchange, transferring that $112,000 into a new policy. But they didn't expect that they could fund the policy forever at such large premiums. Well, the good news is, this policy only needed that one lump sum to go into the policy. They felt comfortable saving about 25 grand a year into a policy for a year or two and then lowering it down to more like 15 grand in year 3 and following. Now these ongoing premium payments can be anything you choose and you can stop funding in the future. This person decided they wanted to stop funding the policy at age 65. Well, I was floored when I saw the cash value in year 1 was 130,400 bucks and by year 2 the cash value increased by $28,000. Now guys, $28,000 is more than the $25,000 that this person had paid in in year two. So to me, they got paid in essence to keep this life insurance policy about $3,000 just in the second year. And their death benefit? Oh yeah, it was just under 900000 bucks. So the value of starting early, even in a less than perfect whole life policy or less than perfect index universal life policy, The good news is you can typically do a tax-free exchange called a 1035 exchange from the old less than perfect policy and get it into something that you can feel comfortable with for decades to come. So you can 1035 exchange a life insurance policy to another life insurance policy. We've talked about that, but you can also 1035 exchange any cash value in your policy life insurance policy into an annuity. Now that can also be done between annuity and annuity, but one little gotcha is You may not do a 1035 exchange from an annuity back into life insurance. It only flows in one direction. And so we can talk about that. If you have further questions about any of this, please reach out to me and my team. You can reach us at notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com and click on request a meeting and we can review your policy. I've done this with hundreds of different cases around the country, and I'd be happy to look at your numbers as well. Okay. I did say that I'd give you a bonus way to grow your cash. And it is totally different from the four above. Those were sort of under your own control and designing the policy and building it up uh, with 1035 exchanges and term writers and paid-up additions writers. But there is a bonus way to grow your cash and it's with dividends. Now, in episode 136, we discuss how whole life dividends work. But I want to be very clear that the guaranteed growth is the core engine of a whole life policy. In fact, in fact, as soon as you roll a dividend back into your policy, and typically that's how we would recommend doing it, buying more paid up additions with your dividends, that cash that you used from the dividend is now a part of your guaranteed cash value. Now that's different than say, buying a piece of Coca-Cola stock. You might receive a dividend from Coca-Cola stock and then reinvest that dividend back into more Coca-Cola stock. And that'd be great. And you know that's often the oh-so-average way to do it. However, what if Coca-Cola loses value next year, your dividends were vaporized, weren't they? They were not guaranteed. Once you receive a Coca-Cola dividend, nothing says that they won't take it away from you next year. It could not be more different with whole life insurance dividends. Once you receive a dividend from the whole life insurance company, and you add it into the policy as paid up additions, that then becomes a part of your permanent guaranteed forever cash value. And again, when you buy PUA's with your dividends, paid up additions add to the death benefit which means your cash value must grow faster on a guaranteed basis, even if they never pay you another dividend for the rest of your life. So those are the four plus a bonus way to just absolutely massively accelerate the cash value of your policies. Hope you enjoyed. Now, as we're wrapping up the episode, I have something new I'd like to ask you guys. If you're a longtime listener, you know that on occasion, I'll mention that if you leave us a five-star review, you take a screenshot of that review and email us with a screenshot showing us that five- star review that we'd be very honored to send you a free book. And I, again, usually mention that we are not above bribery. Uh, So we're happy to send those books. And that deal still stands. However, I'd like to ask something a bit different today. You see, I think along with five-star reviews, the most effective way we can get the word out is to directly share this show with somebody you care about. Think about it for a minute. Why did you start listening to this show? My bet is you either found it by either just searching randomly in the podcast app or, more likely, you were told about it from a friend. In fact, after just directly searching for shows on a specific topic, the surveys that I've read say that the most common way people find new podcasts is through word of mouth. So, hey, that's you, right? By the way, in that same survey, they also came up with a couple other pretty random ways people found podcasts, including From My Uber Driver, a sticker on a subway, and Somebody's Tattoo. Somebody's tattoo got you involved with somebody's podcast? Okay, if anybody out there listening right now has a Not Your Average Financial Podcast tattoo, take a picture of that and I will send you two books because that is awesome, my friend. Anyway, because you listen to this podcast, you now have an incredibly powerful opportunity to influence your friends and family. If you've listened to a couple of episodes of this, maybe you've got this far into this episode, hopefully by now you know how important this content is and I do read each and every review, it's incredibly encouraging and it motivates me to continue this work, I need your help. I'm asking that you simply share this or any episode of this podcast with a friend. Tell a friend about our show. Write them a quick note if you'd like. Tell them that this show is worth following, worth subscribing to. And you can either email them the URL to our podcast, which is not your average financial podcast, or you can simply hit the share button in your podcast app and send it to a friend. And that's it. That's all you got to do. Thank you. Now there is a bonus here. If you take a screenshot of your shared episode with your friend, I'll get you that free book and I'll get you a chance to win a $50 gift card. We'll be pulling that drawing once a month. So like I said, we're not above bribery here. And if it brings in just one more person into the revolution, then it is more than worth it. So who do you have on your mind right now that needs to know about this show? What about friends, family, work colleagues, maybe siblings or parents? It could be the beginning of a small revolution in your relationship with them and beyond. So thanks for letting me chat with you about that. Let me know if you have any questions about today's episode. Again, reach out to us at notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com and click on request a meeting. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future.